You are Locked On Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Heat Nation. I'm David Ramil, the host of Locked On Heat, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Please make sure to follow the show if you haven't already, wherever you listen to podcasts to get the latest episodes. NBA Draft Goat Chad Ford, Locked On NBA Draft host Raphael Barlow, and Locked On NBA host John Corrales will li- be live this year covering the NBA Draft. It's Locked On NBA Draft 2021, brought to you by Bilt Bar. Get local expert analysis on each pick. Follow Locked On NBA on YouTube today and watch our live coverage on July 29th, starting at 7 p.m. Eastern. I'm here with a special guest with free agency just a few days away. Of course, the, the draft, getting everybody excited. While Miami may not have any draft picks, there's a lot to look forward to this offseason. Well, potentially anyway. And so my special guest today, a good friend, Keith Smith, a contributor to Spot Track, Celtics blog, and the front office show. How are you, Keith? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Of course, man. I mean, when I think salary cap issues, when I think about the complexity of all the potential offseason moves, you're you're my go-to guy. I, I know I DM you quite a bit because I, I have personally very little information and knowledge when it comes to the salary cap. If there's if there's a blind spot in my coverage of the league, I, I think it tends to be a lot of the business aspect. And so you are much more knowledgeable about this than I am. So I'm glad that you were able uh, to come on today and available. So that's uh, much appreciated. Uh, happy to do it. And, you know, but I'd be lying if I said I wasn't happy that people had that blind spot because that keeps me in business. So, yeah, so I'll take absolutely. It. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, okay, Miami, a very complicated team. I think a lot of fans somewhat confused about what Miami can and can't do. We've got a bunch of questions from listeners that we're curious about what changes Miami could be could be making this offseason because I think a lot of people have pie in the sky kind of aspirations of being able to attract superstars because well you've got a cap expert in Andy Ellisberg and Pat Riley is you know very charming and he can lure any free agent into a meeting and so there's always hope that when you have two all-stars like Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler that you could bring in a third star but you wrote about it recently you did a pretty comprehensive look at every team's salary cap situations and and what their potential moves could be in the offseason and I just kind of wanted to take a or give me a, a kind of general overview of what Miami has facing this as far as challenges are concerned. Yeah, sure. The heat, um, the, the number one thing that comes to mind for me when I think about the heat situation is they have options this summer. So they've got a lot of different ways they can go. Well, one of the first ways, which is really it's an option for just about any team is to more or less run it back. Um, they, they could you know pick up their team options on Goran Dragic and Andre Iguodala. They could re-sign Kendrick Nunn and Duncan Robinson, re-sign Victor Oladipo, re-sign Trevor Reza, and basically bring back the same, same roster that they had uh, at the end of this past season. Or they could kind of wipe the deck clean and really go out and uh, go kind of star hunting. But their ability to do that is somewhat limited. And I think that's the, the part that maybe, and you would know probably better than I would, I think is causing some level of confusion because I think there's some thought of if a team has cap space, that instantly means they can go get anybody. Right. They can go trade for anybody, go sign anybody, anything like that. And in the case of Miami, they can get to a good chunk of cap space, but it's not necessarily max cap space. Go go get anybody that they want kind of money that they would have available. 
So what what's the dilemma regarding how the team can operate? Because I've seen them, uh, some people question whether or not they can operate as an under-the-cap team or an over-the-cap or hard-cap. What are those terms? Uh, what do they mean? Because, again, I, I when it comes to you know these kinds of things, I, I you know, recall my history in PR, just talk to people like they're five years old, and I think that's a, <laughs> a good step here. So what do those things mean for my listeners? Yeah, sure. So, so we can break them each down. So under the cap is anybody who has cap space and that can be anything from about the, the, the lowest amount of cap space you would ever start an off season with uh, this year would be about 13, 14 million in that mm-hmm. range. Uh, then it can be all the way up to like, like the Knicks. I project to have about 51 million in cap space. Then the over the cap would mean you're over the cap. So you're, you're relying on using your exceptions to sign players or you're making trades and those kind of things. And then the kind of third level is you are in the luxury tax. Uh, so that means, you know, you're, you're obviously over the cap if you're in the luxury tax and then you're, you're in the tax zone there. And then you can go so far as to the, there's a kind of a fourth level um, called the tax apron where you mm-hmm. can be over the tax apron. And what happens if you're over the tax apron is you can become subject to the hard cap. And what the hard cap is, I always tell people, think of it like the NFL. If anybody's listening as an NFL fan, they probably know the NFL has a hard cap. You can't, you know, if it's $200 million, you can't go over by a dollar. That That's it. The NBA operates under what's called a soft cap. We all know, I think even the novice person knows you can exceed the salary cap and teams go over and that's why they have the luxury tax and all these other things. So what happens if you're hard capped is you can't go over that number. For this coming season, that projects to be about $143 million or so in uh, team salary. So that, that's that that's the number you're kind of locked in at. And what, how you get hard capped is one of three ways you acquire a player via sign and trade, not you trade a player out with sign and trade. That's always fine. Um, but you, you acquire a player through sign and trade, or you use the non-taxpayer mid-level exception. That's the bigger MLE that you'll mm-hmm. hear people talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, if you use an amount that's above about 5.9 million of that, you become hard capped or you use the biannual exception. Uh, and that's about 3.7 million. Uh, if you, you, and that's you, even if you use the dollar, which you can't do a deal as low as a dollar, but if you use the minimum amount of that biannual exception, you become hard capped. The, the other one, the non-taxpayer, you have to use at least five point, it's almost 5.9 million. And the reason why is it's because teams that are over that tax apron, the team I always use, because everybody understands it, is the Golden State Warriors, who right. have blown so far past these tax lines. It doesn't matter it closes a loophole because those teams are not allowed to, to do a sign and trade to get a player. They're not allowed. They have the smaller exception and they don't have the biannual exception. So it kind of closes that loophole because what the NBA doesn't want you to do is spend all this money, uh, use all those exceptions and those tools to build your roster. And then it then blow past the hard cap. Important thing to understand with the hard cap is it's a one-year thing. So this past season, over half the teams were hard capped. Uh, but as soon as the league year changes over on August 2nd, that's all wiped away and it goes away and everybody starts fresh and new. So where the heat are is for them to get hard capped. Yeah, it could happen because because they've, they've got some kind of really interesting stuff going on with their salaries yeah. that, that puts them in a little bit of a different place. Um, but they can also use um, cap space in to be a team that is cap space 
and also pay the luxury tax in the same season have that big of a range is pretty rare. I think it's only happened one time in NBA history, but that's something Miami is actually set up that they could do and maybe even kind of uh, possibly likely to do. We, we can get into why that is if you want. Yeah, no, I, I'm all ears here because I, I'm, you know, you're, you're kind of explaining all these things simply enough for me to kind of understand. So what exactly would it take for Miami to operate that way? Yeah, so so let's start to how they get to be a cap space team first, right? Because right? that, that that's the important part um, here in this discussion. So that means you're declining the team options for Dragic and Iguodala. Then after that, which, which you can resign those players even after correct. you decline those options. Okay. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. So th- there's kind of a popular line of thinking um, more so with Dragic than Iguodala, just because yes. of his history with the franchise yes. is that they may decline that team option, which it's 19.4 million, mm-hmm. then re-sign him using uh, either a much smaller amount of their cap space after they kind of go, go out and get a, uh, a, I might call it like a semi-star because mm-hmm. there's just not really true stars on the market this off season. Um, but, but you get somebody who's you know, really good in there, you know, a Kyle Lowry type of guy, somebody like that. Um, then then they either use what's left over cap space to bring back Dragic, or they would get in that case, they would get what's called the room exception. And that's about 4.9 million. I like to say it's, it's the NBA's way of giving you a little bonus um, for, Hey, you did a great job managing your cap and you have cap space. Now we're going to give you this little bonus to also sign somebody after you've used your cap space. And why that may happen with Dragic is then they retain his bird rights and then what they could do is this would be completely illegal and of course would never happen, but they could say, Hey, we're going to sign you to that one year little deal. And then next off season, when we're already over the cap using your bird rights, we'll sign you to, you know, a 12 or $14 million deal. And altogether it becomes, you know, a two year, $20 million deal. And that's kind of how you take care of them uh, in that, in that case. So, and that, that's honestly, that would just be smart business on their part. Right. If Dragic is willing to play ball, um, and take that much smaller number. So, so you wipe away Dragic, you wipe away Iguodala, uh, at least initially. Um, you're probably going to then have to move on um, through what's a process called renouncement, which sure, is yeah. you're getting rid of the rights to exceed the cap for guys like Ariza, Bielitsa, uh, Dwayne Dedman. Uh, it would absolutely have to be Victor Oladipo because his cap hold is so large. And let me explain a cap hold very quickly. A cap hold is basically a placeholder when a player's going into free agency of a salary. This is what keeps it from being, all right, you've got $20 million in cap space, go spend it, then go re-sign a player using their bird rights. Um, What they do is they they put a cap hold. So in Oladipo's case, it's 31.5 million because his prior year's salary was so large at 21 million Um, because that basically keeps you from being able to go sign a whole bunch of free agents and then then exceed the cap after to resign. Your, your, your cap hold kind of like 150% or 200% of your it, previous Yeah, years. it can be. Yeah, it rain, there's all different types based on your status. I got you. Um, but yeah, but in Oladipo's case, you're spot on 150% right. is um, you know, of, of the prior year salary. That was good math on the fly. I'm impressed. Thanks, man. Um, <laughs> so, so that's, uh, so yeah, so you would have to get rid of him because at $31.5 million cap hold, that's going to keep you over the, the cap. Yeah. Uh, your two-way players, you get rid of the cap holds for them as well. And then 
uh, you know, might bring, bring a tear to people's eyes, uh, but you'd probably renounce Udonis Haslam and mm-hmm. Dwayne Wade, who is actually still has a cap hold on the Heat's books. Why? Um, because so you have a cap hold until you're renounced or you sign with another team. Um, and in the case of Wade, he's never signed with another team since he left the Heat. So his cap hold just sits there until they renounce it. Teams generally do not renounce old cap holds until they have to for first base um, because it's actually considered a tra- transaction with the league and you have to pay the transaction filing fee, which I believe now is like $2,000 uh, to the league for all the paperwork processing. Uh, I don't know. You know, I, I, for me, I click two buttons in my computer and it's gone. So I don't know what the league does with that 2000 bucks, but good for them. Um, but you'll see teams will sit with those. It used to be teams would sometimes have old cap holds on their books for a decade if they never were in the cap space position. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Shaquille O'Neal, because remember, right. His last team was the Celtics. Right. Um, Until they went into the summer. I want to say it was of 2016 when they signed Al Horford. And I may have my years off on that. Um, They still had cap holds for like Shaq on the books. Yeah, no, it, is, it was 2016 because I remember thinking Miami should try and bring Al Horford to to Miami and said <laughs> they wound up paying Hassan Whiteside $100 million and that didn't work out quite as well as they would have liked. So Yeah, prob- yeah I probably would have gone with Horford on that one in yeah. retrospect, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so now two names I did not mention with this whole process of wiping away all of your obligations that you can. Um, well, actually there's three. Cause I would also assume in this case, they would waive Omer year at seven who they signed at the very end of last season. Yeah. Um, you'd waive him uh, for no, no cost. Cause he's, he's a completely non-guaranteed contract. So the two guys um, are the team's two key restricted free agents, Kendrick Nunn and Duncan Robinson. Now what the heat can do if they wanted to, basically clear the decks of everything but their guaranteed salary. So that's Achua, Adebayo, Butler, uh, Hero, and Akpala. And then the, unfortunately, the $5.2 million in dead money owed to Ryan Anderson mm. from when they waived and stretched him. But that was worked out okay because that's how they signed Jimmy Butler um, or signed and traded for Jimmy Butler. Um, so if you wiped out everything except for those guys um, that I mentioned, you could still keep the relatively smallish cap holds for Nunn and Robinson of about 4.7 million each on the books and create about 20.5 million. Um, Now that's not enough to go sign a max player, but what that is, is that's enough that that, in my opinion, gets you in the room with someone like Kyle Lowry, because at that point you could say, Hey, we're a move or two away from getting a 25 million. Yo, what do you think? Then if that's what Lowry's saying that's going to take to sign him or you know, do whatever, now if you're Miami, you're in the ballpark. You're not saying, hey, so we can create you know 15 million in space. And Lowry's like, great, talk to me when you get 10 million more. Mm-hmm. Um, you're you're right there in the ballpark. And so here, here's now, now I'm gonna get into some nerd stuff because I love this part of it. Um, but I, I'll promise I'll go slow so I don't lose your whole audience here. Um <laughs> So I just said Nunn and Robinson, 4.7 million. Let's say Kendrick Nunn's not in the picture, right? And he, he's leaving. Let's say he's going to go somewhere else and they already know this or whatever. You can just renounce him too. And that frees up that entire 4.7 million. Uh, you could do the same with Duncan Robinson, but my my sense and feeling is that he's of more importance to the team uh, right now. Um, so, so you're not probably not going to do that. 
But what you can do is let's say with Duncan Robinson, they're like, Hey, so we're going to do, and I'm making it up completely out of thin air, but we're going to pay you. We're going to give you a four-year contract for $80 million, $20 million average a season, you know, kind of Joe Harris plus inflation. Right. Right. Then what you can do, because you've agreed to that contract structure already, they can do what's called um, rescinding the qualifying offer. So the qualifying offer is what makes him a restricted free agent, which allows for the match rights for the heat uh, on any contract. But now you've already agreed to it in principle. As long as technically an unrestricted free agent, then if they rescind his rights. Correct. Yep. If you rescind it, you make him an unrestricted free agent. And what would happen is you'd have to have a great deal of trust that he's not then going to turn around and say, see, I'm off to the Knicks or the Spurs. And I would assume, you know, Robinson feels indebted to Miami to at least some extent, right? They plucked him out of the G League. They developed him. That's where he became an NBA player. And and, and he knows, hey, I'm getting my $80 million contract in my, you know, fantasy scenario here. So what you do there is you rescind it. (coughs) Excuse me. I'm getting all excited. That's right. Um, That drops his cap hold down to 1.6 million uh, or almost 1.7 million. And you're going to free up about three more million in cap space. You could do the same thing with none. If it was like, hey, we're going to keep Kendrick none because you know what, we're we're moving on from Dragic and we need depth and we want to use the room exception to bring in a big or something along those lines. Um, you could do the same process with Kendrick Nunn, create again about three more million. And there, right there, you're already up over 25, 26 million in cap space. Uh, so the Heat have a lot of different options that they can go with this. You could, of course, wipe out Robinson and and uh uh, none completely uh, at about 9.4 million or so. And now you're pushing up around 28 to 30 million in space. I just find that to be highly unlikely. Well, we'll get into some of those possibilities in the next segment, because I think uh, a lot of my listeners have some questions about not just big names like Lowry, but also the guys that are already on the roster and what it would take to re-sign them. And of course there's a, a lot of, possible scenarios and i'm sure you'll help break those down i'm here with keith smith and you're listening to locked on heat you know what it's like you go into a chain storefront they you know start asking questions maybe they have the part you're looking for on their computers you don't want to do that you've got access to computers at home or on your phone which means you've got access to rockauto.com a family-owned business that's been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years two decades of service you can save time and money when you use rock auto you use your easy to use website Find the parts you're looking for, get them delivered directly and safely to your door. So make sure you go to rockauto.com and try their website today. You won't be disappointed. When you go to the section that says, how'd you hear about us? After you buy the parts that you find for your car or truck, you write the phrase locked on so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. I'm here with Keith Smith. We're talking about the salary cap and free agency and everything else. And I've got a big question here. I'm not sure whether or not it's something we should save for last, but the Jimmy Butler extension is one that I think weighs heavily on a lot of people, not just because, well, he's going to be older and whether or not it's going to be, you know, a consummate value and things of that sort, whatever. And it doesn't really matter. But as far as how they operate this offseason, does that potential extension make any difference for them? Or is it something that just wouldn't kick in until the end of their contract? How does that exactly work? 
Yeah, that's a great question. So there's a couple different ways they can do it. Um, the the way it would happen uh, would be to they, they it would kick in at the end of his contract. Uh, so he could do it one of two ways. Either he could opt into that final year in the 22-23 season mm-hmm. and then um, then start tack on years after that. Right. Or what he could do is opt out of that and replace that year with a new contract that starts in that year. Right. There's another option that's highly, highly unlikely, which would which is called the rene- renegotiation and extend, okay. which would be butler extends his his contract and the heat use some of their remaining cap space to bring him up to the new max salary so he's at about 36 million this year hmm. his new max salary would be because he's now got 10 years of service would be 39 million oh yeah okay yeah so just shy of 40 um they they, they could give him you know three million more my guess is that would not happen because that three million would be better used and i think butler would also agree to bring in talent uh, to, to build out the roster. Uh, the other option that you can do, which is somewhat rarely seen, but we saw Steven Adams do this, which was agreed to an extension where then his number is lowered. Now it doesn't lower it for this year that that wouldn't happen, but in future years. Um, so Adams is on, is on a $29 million contract. I believe this current season that just, just ended, but we're still in that league year, mm-hmm. but then next league year, when it switches over, he he's at 17 million. Cause that's what his extension agreed to. So Butler could do that. If he kind of read the room and said, are right, you know, I'm aging a little bit. I want to make sure we have enough ability to sign players in the future. And those 22 and 23 free agent classes look like they're going to be loaded. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something that could be a play, but my guess is he probably, Probably would not take you know anywhere near that large of a pay cut. He's also not Stephen Adams, right? He's still a productive, uh, all NBA level guy. Um, so they were, we're not talking about some veteran who's just kind of trying to extend and uh, tack a couple years onto his career. Yeah, yeah, no, that makes sense. I, I've seen some people already suggest that Jimmy might take less, and you know, I, I, just because. I think we remember a lot of the, the big three players during that during that era in 2010. They all took a, a hit somewhat. Dwayne Wade being most notable among those uh, as far as you know, taking a lesser salary so they could accommodate Mike Miller and Udonis Haslam and things of that sort. So there's always a belief that they'll take a hometown discount, but I just don't see why Jimmy would be inclined to do so when none of us would take that hometown discount either. So <laughs> Yeah, uh, I always find it easy when people say, you know, why do they need so much money? When I always used to say, uh, and I'd say, Dak, if my boss listen to this now they roll in and say hey you want a million dollars a year yes yes i do thank you yeah yeah <laughs> would you be willing to take eight hundred thousand instead so that we could sign somebody else probably not no i mean yeah you'll yeah, take I, the 800 I, grand yeah but so i guess it's a little different no no one's handing us championship rings at the end if we do really well <laughs> good point good point well uh today in the news uh, we heard that rodney hood and the Toronto Raptors, I guess, had changed the deadline for him to – he has a player option or a team option on that? He actually is on neither. He has a non-guaranteed contract, okay. um, which is often reported as a team option. Um, there's a slight – couple of slight differences, which probably don't really matter to most people. But essentially what it is is if, if uh, the way it was originally stated – Um, was if they did not waive him by today, his contract would have become fully guaranteed at 10 million. Uh, They agreed and amended to push his contract uh, guarantee date back to August 3rd. So they're pushing it back about a week. And what that allows the Raptors to do is 
continue to look at things, be a little bit more flexible with it. And if you're hood, you're not really losing much because if he had said, no, I don't agree, they would have just waived him today. Right, right. Okay. And making basically an unrestricted free agent. Correct. Yep. Yeah. Assuming he cleared waivers, which 10 million for Rodney Hood, he'd clear waivers. Yeah. I feel um, pretty confident in that. <laughs> so this is a question from Brian. He asked, can Miami push the team option deadlines with Goran Dragic and Andre Iguodala, similar to what the Raptors did today? Yeah, that's a really good question. Unfortunately, they cannot. They are already at the latest date they can be um, because those are on um, because they're team options and not non guarantees. Um, they have to make a decision by the last day of the league year before free agency opens. So those are both August 1st dates. Um, so they have to make a decision by August 1st. You can't push them back into the new year because technically, um, technically right now, uh, Dragic and Iguodala do not have a contract for next season. Mm -hmm. Players, um, when there is a, a team option, the team exercises that option and they say, yes, we are, we are exercising that option. We are bringing you in. If, if the Heat did nothing, then it, it just goes away. Um, so they don't technically opt out. It just kind of goes away. Um, you know, is, is, is how it really goes. I, I, and I am as guilty of it as the next person. I use the term opt out all the time right. because it's just, it, it's cleaner. It makes them a lot more sense, but yeah, but those dates cannot be pushed back. Okay. Interesting. That's okay. the same with the qualifying offer dates for none and, uh, in Robinson as well. If that's a question that's out there, yeah. they have to decide if they're going to issue those qualifying offers by August 1st or not. Um, we've already seen a handful of those happen around the league. Yeah. Uh, they're just happening early um, from teams, but August 1st, you have to decide on that. And then you have, uh, I believe it's either five or seven days um, where you can rescind the qualifying offer. And then beyond that, it has to be a mutual agreement. They, they have tendered an offer to Robinson though, haven't they? Uh, maybe. I, I think, yeah, I, I thought it was reported. I, I, I might be mistaken. Here, I mean, right they're now. going to, we, you know, it's it's even if it hasn't happened yet i i haven't seen it. and sometimes these things will get reported but they haven't they they, they don't officially. actually happen okay. you know officially so yeah but i mean if they have that that's no surprise at all okay uh, here's another question from brian is it true that if miami were to sign none and or duncan into their space after declining the team options of goron and iguodala they'd be able to avoid the BYC for both in a sign and trade. Now, BYC, not a term I'm familiar with. What does that stand for? Do you know? Yeah, base year compensation. So, what happens with base year compensation is um, to, to really put it in simple terms, if a player gets a raise large enough over their previous salary, which yeah. in the case of Don and Robinson, they would because their prior salaries were so low right. at about 1.6 million, um, then their contract only counts for half in an outgoing trade. Um, so that, that's, 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 I'm, I'm guessing why Brian is asking. Um, so yeah, but if you use cap space to sign a player and then sign and trade him, as long as it doesn't take you over the cap when you do so, yeah, then, then you avoid the base year compensation uh, problem. It's only if over the cap. Mm -hmm. Okay. I should mention Brian is uh, with Miami Heat Beat, who you've spoken to in the past. So he is also somebody who knows the salary cap fairly well, not as well as you, but he does have some pretty legitimate questions <laughs> no, here, which great. is why they're so, that's why they're so specific. Uh, Looking to place a bet on what happens next season, then go to Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season's in full swing. You can track all the action with Bet Online, get your latest news, odds, info, all your sporting needs, including Major League Baseball, the NBA, of course, the NHL, and so much more. For the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device. 
and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. But online, your online sports report experts. And don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON. Okay, this next question comes in from Luke. Is a sign and trade possible with another player in the deal? For example, could the Heat include another player in a sign and trade that would send Duncan Robinson to New Orleans? Yeah, they could. So if they wanted to send Duncan Robinson to New Orleans and include uh, Precious Achua right. or Casey Akpala, yeah, absolutely. This happens all the time. For some reason, people get stuck and think a player has to be signed and traded um, only by himself. But it happens regularly. The one I use as an example all the time is um, going back to when the Celtics and the Nets made that big trade that sent KG and Pierce to Brooklyn and then they all the picks the Celtics way in order to make the salaries work the Nets had to sign and trade Keith Bogans um, in that too in order to match for enough salary because if you remember Garnett and Pierce were on huge contracts yeah um in order to make that trade work Bogans agreed to it because what and I think it was for about three million dollars here's a couple things that get a little interesting with that though um is one so so that answers yes you can of course put them because they also it was uh Gerald Wallace was in that trade uh um a couple other guys um that nobody Jason cares Terry. About anymore uh Jason Terry yeah he went the other way he went from Boston to Brooklyn yeah um Gerald Wallace was like the big salary that went to the oh, Celtics. Oh yeah, that's right. Um, I forgot. Yeah, I forgot he was a Celtic there for uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, briefly, and then he got traded for David Lee, which I think everybody would like to forget happened. Um, but uh, the, here's the important thing with a sign and trade like that, right? If you're doing it just to move somebody on, let's say they wanted to do that with um, Trevor Ariza. Let's just say if Ariza was like, yeah, I'm basically at the end of my career. I personally don't think he is, but let's just say that's the way it was going to go. What you do is you uh, a sign and trade contract has to be for at least three years, but only the first year needs to be guaranteed. So what you do is you make the first year fully guaranteed. You make the next two years non-guaranteed and, and you include the guy in there for the salary matching. That's exactly what happened with Keith Bogans. All right. So this question, I think, is the one that most people are probably thinking about the most. Uh, this one comes from Connor. Is there a way to sign Kyle Lowry and bring in a guy like Brandon Ingram without getting to the hard cap? Now, I, I should mention before that, the, the Brandon Ingram reporting is, uh, well, it's got all of Heat fans <laughs> basically going crazy, thinking that they're going to be able to acquire Ingram from everybody I've heard on the New Orleans side. He's not being shopped, that maybe yep. there's interest from Ingram and in joining a team like Miami. But uh, as far as David Griffin and the Pelicans organization view him, they see him as uh, you know a player that they can build around and to complement Zion Williamson to add a player like Duncan Robinson or Kyle Lowry too, not to detract from or subtract from. So I don't, I don't think the Ingram deal is very likely as widely reported or speculated as it's been amongst Heat media circles. So, but to answer Connor's question, can you put potentially sign Kyle Lowry and somehow find a way to bring in a guy like Brandon Ingram without getting to the hard cap. Yeah. If I can tag one thing on the Ingram part too, is he's not even 24 years old yet. Right. 
which is crazy considering, you know, this is, this was just his fifth year in the league. He's, you know, so he came in very young and, you know, and he signed for four more years after this. So uh, the answer though, let's, you know, we'll use Brandon Ingram as the, you know, fantasy guy here. Um, The answer is yes, but, um, (laughs) and the reason why it's yes, but is it becomes very um, difficult for the heat. So this goes back to, if you remember at the beginning where I said the heat could be one of the rare teams that could be used cap space and then also um, be flirting with the luxury tax or even the right. hard cap. What happens is in this case is, so if you were going to do something like this, clearly you'd wipe everything away except for Robinson in this case. Um, and you'd keep him on the books and then you would sign Kyle Lowry so that um, you could either sign him directly. Um, if you could get to a number that makes sense for Kyle Lowry and sign him directly, you're clear because you're not going to trigger the hard cap. But if it has to be a sign and trade for Lowry, so let's just say, you know, let, let's say you're $7 million short um, for Kyle Lowry. Then what would happen is you would have to do um, a sign and trade. And that means, you know, Precious Chua, Tyler Hero, something goes back out then that would trigger the hard cap for you. Then if you're going to add Brandon Ingram, the challenge becomes, how are you going to add Brandon Ingram? What, what are you <laughs> yeah. going to What are you trading right? to get Ingram, right? That's it, right? Because you're not now who you sending out. So that's where it gets kind of difficult. Where, 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 where I say it's, you know, I mean, technically, sure, it's possible. I mean, let's if you really want to be silly, yeah, you trade Bam Adebayo for him, right? Of course, they're not going to do that, right. you know, but, but you could, right? So that there's nothing salary cap-wise that would stop that from happening. But where the heat could end up in a position where they use cap space, but also over the luxury taxes. Um, again, I'm going to use Robinson or you could use Robinson and none if you want. So let's say they wipe everything away except for Duncan Robinson, just because I think that's probably the most likely scenario. Mm-hmm. Then let's say they use all that cap space to bring in Kyle Lowry, um, you know, 24 million or something in that range. Now that brings you up to the cap of 112 million. Now let's say you're going to bring back Goran Dragic on the room exception of 4.9 million. So now you're up to, uh, well, what does that bring you up to? About 117 million. Right. Now let's say you take Duncan Robinson and you say, all right, Duncan Robinson, we're going to give you that $20 million a year contract you wanted. Um, you know, that's where we're going to go to. Now you're over the, the tax line which is really rare. It can only happen if you have a free agent who's worth a whole lot of money that has a teeny tiny cap hold. So you're able to retain his rights to sign him to whatever contract you want while also using a bunch of cap space. So Miami's uniquely positioned this offseason to be able to do that, which is 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 great unless it comes down to holy crap, now we're, you know, we use space and we're, you know, paying the luxury tax. That'll do it for part one of my conversation with Keith. I'll be dropping part two later on tomorrow. Just make sure you check them both out so you get all the information you need on Kyle Lowry, Duncan Robinson, free agency, and so much more. Just a reminder, the NBA draft goat Chad Ford, locked on NBA draft host Raphael Barlow, and locked on NBA host John Corrales will be live this year covering the NBA draft. It's locked on NBA draft 2021, brought to you by Bilt Bar. Get local expert analysis on each pick. Follow Locked On NBA on YouTube today and watch our live coverage on July 29th at 7 p.m. Eastern. Just a reminder, you can always reach me via email at LockedOnHeat at gmail.com or via Twitter using the hashtag AskHelloHeat. 
Be sure to please follow the show and leave a review. Special thanks to all of our sponsors for supporting today's show. And thanks of all to you. I'm David Ramil signing off for now.